Good evening. Praise God if we could find our way back to our seats. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn to Matthew chapter 15, verses uh, 21 through 39. When you have it, please say amen. Matthew 15. 21 through 39. When I think about the Bible and I think about reading the Bible, I often think of it as walking through a forest. The beautiful thing about walking through the forest is you have the opportunity to look at the varying trees and leaves by themselves. You can see the intricacies of a stream running down through it. You can see the different colors, the different leaves, and the, and the different trees, that just how they all mingle and are there together. But you also have the opportunity to step back while you're in the forest and, and look at the wider view. You can see the forest as a whole. You can see the animals as a whole and take in the sights as a whole. And as we turn to Matthew 15, 21 through 39, Listen carefully to these words. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And the great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them, insomuch that the multitude wondered, where they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continued with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, 
Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill such great a multitude? And Jesus answered unto them, or Jesus said unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and brake them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And they did and they that did were and they that did eat were four thousand men besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude and took ship and came unto the coast of Magdala. You may be seated. If we take the wide angle lens and look through the prism of what Pastor just read. We see four scenarios. We see the Canaanite woman. We see the feeding of the 4,000. And we see the healing in Decapolis. They all tell one story. You might ask, well, what is that story? Quite simply, if we take Matthew 15 as a whole, it is the kingdom of God has not come to conquer the Gentiles but to include them. Right. You see, Jesus had just finished debating with the Pharisees and their, how, how should I say, short-sighted understanding of, of their traditions. And he grew weary. So we see Jesus here doing what all people who are exhausted do. He retreated and he went to the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon. You see, Jesus had hoped that he might break away for a few moments and find rest in a foreign land. Instead, what he found was a world crying out for a savior. I find it interesting that Matthew presents it to us first, the Canaanite woman. And I was thinking on this and I was like, well, that's, that's a little odd because this is the same woman that is spoken of in Mark's gospel in verse 7 and 26. She is quite simply known in Mark as the, and I'm going to butcher this, so forgive me, Syrophoenician woman. So why, why would Matthew here make the term Canaanite her designation? You see, Matthew was pointing out something very specifically by calling her a Canaanite. And it's important for us to remember that the audience of Matthew's gospel at time were, were Jewish Christians. They were new believers to the faith, but they were still rooted in Judaism in their traditions. Amen. That word Canaanite to them would carry as much negative baggage as it does for us today if someone were to be called a Nazi or even a member of ISIS. There was something about those people. It held a term that when you spoke of them and spoke their name or where they were from, it was very distinctive who that individual was. You knew who those people was. You knew who they were and whether you knew a lot about them, but if you were associated with that, you had to cringe a little bit. And, and that's how the Jews looked at those folks in that area. But 
But we have to notice that this woman does not allow her status as a Canaanite to stop her from coming to Jesus. She comes to Christ and says, I think the last thing that anyone in her circle would have expected. As we read in verse 15 and 20, or chapter 15 and verse 22, she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. It's quite interesting because her first words were a heartfelt humility. She is not exclaiming to Jesus all the reasons why he ought to hear her or grant her petition. She presents no claims of self-righteousness, but a truthful and heartfelt cry from the depths of her soul. See, there was something in this woman that she felt that she needed to cry out. She knew that everything that was going on and everything that she had seen, that there was only one place for her to truly go. I also find it quite interesting that she calls him son of David. I think that's probably the most interesting thing there. How would she as a Canaanite know how to correctly describe the Lord to give him that title? You see, here we have Christ fleeing from a Jewish region, partly because the Pharisees' inability to acknowledge his words and his identity. Now he's in the land of the Gentiles, a foreign land with a foreign people. And here we see Christ finding someone with the wrong background declaring the right things. You see, this Canaanite woman appealed to Jesus, Jesus' identity for her hope. She hoped that he would succeed where everyone else had failed. It's also quite interesting to me that Jesus also does what I think you and I would think of as the unexpected. At first, he doesn't say a word to her. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge her. As we read, what, what does Jesus say? He says it to the disciples. He doesn't say it to her. That's right. That's right. He says, Jesus reminds them of his focus and his mission in this sentence. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, church, I think sometimes as modern Christians, we forget the tre tremendous privilege that we have to be invited into the Holy Family of God. United with Christ in baptism, that robe was put upon us. And I think sometimes we, we can lose sight of that fact. And I think so because reading this text, he's doing it in a particular, in a very specific point in the history of redemption. See, church, Jesus had not yet been crucified or resurrected. The glory of Pentecost and the Spirit inaugurating the worldwide mission of Christ had not yet begun. It was in this critical time when Jesus was speaking to this woman that he was doing it as a focus to the Jews. He was focused on the Jews. It wasn't the time for the Gentiles yet. It wasn't the time to have the grafting in. I think for those reasons, this woman wasn't in Jesus' immediate focus or purpose. That's why he was still talking to the Gentiles. Or excuse me, to the Jews. And yet we see this woman crying out, appealing to Christ's compassion. Lord, help me. 
Jesus again says the unexpected. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I think this is a pivotal moment in this story, folks. Because this woman, this Canaanite woman, has a choice right here at this particular moment in time. Would she respond in bitterness? Would she respond with a false or superficial faith? You see, she comes to the only one that she knows that can solve her problem. You see, there's no doubt in this woman's mind that Jesus has the power to change her situation. And yet we hear the Lord plainly say, it is not right to throw the children's meat to the dogs. I can only imagine what we would do today if we were put in that position and we heard the Lord say those words. You see, this woman in her choice, she chose to submit to that, knowing who he was. Knowing what Jesus could do for her. And she says, quite simply, her response to hearing this from the Lord is, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You see, this pivotal point in history, this woman is saying, okay, Lord, I don't care what I get from you, what it is or how it is. I just need something. If it's just a crumb, a morsel, a little piece of who you are, because I know you're the one that can change my circumstance. I know you're the one that can change my situation. I know that you're the God that can heal my children. I know you're the God that can pay my bills. I know that you're the God that can sustain me no matter what I see or do not see. You see, in the story, church, we see the resilience of her faith. We see a woman that had no right to even be where she was, reach out and just say, yes, Lord, I understand that, but I'm going to follow you a little bit closer. I'm going to follow you all the more. I'm going to pick up the crumbs that you leave before because I know that the crumbs you leave me are better than the whole banquet that the world can give me. I can only imagine, church, I just, it's so hard to put ourselves in those situations to hear those Lord's words, to see the look on his face. But yet she responded And complete faith. See, there was no bitterness taking root in her heart. There was no, okay, fine, I'm going to walk out of here. There was no trying to justify why he, God should do what God does. So I ask you this evening, church, are you trusting God today? Are you appealing to his mercy and trusting whatever he gives you? Or is there a root of bitterness taking up in your heart? 
You see, church, we can only hope to benefit from the work of Christ when we admit our own spiritual bankruptcy. This woman had nothing to give, folks. There was nothing she could have had or did or said that would have changed her circumstance. But she had a little bit of faith. She had a little bit of faith that carried her through that says, Nevertheless, Lord. Nevertheless. You see, church, there needs to be a resiliency in our spirit this evening. There needs to be a drive and a push that pushes us forward throughout our thoughts and our own insecurities. We need to have the mindset and the spiritual resiliency to say, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat of the crumbs of the master's table. I don't know who I'm speaking to this evening, but I want to encourage everyone here to draw near to Christ. What is your need this evening? What is your need today? Whatever it is or might be, I challenge you, I encourage you to call out to our king. You see, because we see here in this story that he is gentle and lowly of heart and will not turn us away. I can just imagine this woman's eyes as she looked up at Jesus. And it stirs something in me. Do we have even a quarter of the faith that this woman had? Do we have enough drive and enough want to come to Jesus no matter what it is we're going through? See, I heard it said the other day that the economy is going to the toilet. There's inflation here, there's inflation there, and, and, and things are getting out of control. But even through everything that we're seeing, I honestly can't say that anyone in this house is poor. You see, we all have roofs over our head. We all have vehicles that we drive that get us to and from. We have jobs that pay us a wage, amen? Even with everything that we have, us folks here in America are richer than 90% of the people in the world. How resilient is your faith tonight, church? How resilient is my faith tonight? As I close this evening... I just want all of us to take these words to heart. Consider your faith and ask ourselves, is my faith even half as much as this woman's? These altars are open this evening, church. I ask that you would come and pray.